You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Some great mailbag questions. We'll go ahead and get to Dylan right now. He says, why on earth does this team not try the 21 personnel? Seems like any combination of Mixon, P. Ryan, and Evans could be dangerous for this offense. So before, I mean, it was just 11 personnel is the best grouping. You know, <laughs> why would you pull Boyd, Chase, or Higgins off the field for that? But now it becomes more open because they don't have the second tight end that they want. You know, Wilcox and Asiasi are fine to get in the 12 personnel stuff. But I think what it really comes down to is they just like to be in the spread gun stuff. I think Burrow likes to be in the spread gun stuff. You could do 21 personnel, even empty. You could do 21 personnel. Maybe you get them to match that with base, um, which is really nice. That's, that's something the Patriots have done for feels like 30 years at this point. But I don't know. However long Belichick's been there, the Patriots have been getting in big personnels and going empty to make these linebackers go out there and go, I got to be out here with him (laughs) in space. Um, I don't know. I think it's a wrinkle they could add in. It's also hard to add things in midseason. You know, the bye week's coming up. That's where you can add quite a bit in. But so much of your practice time goes to, you know, game plan. And things like that. You can't go into like, we're going to install this whole new personnel grouping and all the plays off of it. Not really. <laughs> you know, you need to be able to execute those plays. You can't just draw them up and snap your fingers like, go out there and do that. Um, so maybe after the bye week, you'll see a little bit more. I don't know. I, I just also think that the NFL in general doesn't really care that much to get two running backs on the field at the same time. There's so many instances and so many teams that want to do that. Uh, I think it's called pony personnel for a lot of teams. Um so many fans and all these people are like, well, you just put both running backs on the field. And it seems like a lot of teams are like, we don't want to. <laughs> it's like, okay. I mean, I guess the idea is that neither one of these guys could lead block to do run game stuff out of the 21 personnel. So you're just wasting a guy in the run block in a running play where you can motion him out maybe and somebody follows. But I don't know. That's a lot of thoughts on why they may not do 21 personnel groupings. I have a feeling because it's just the way the season's working out. And honestly, it's been like this my whole entire life while watching this team. But Chris Evans is going to be a big part of this offense, and he's going to catch a touchdown pass. This week? Yeah. All I right. Truly, I believe that because it's not that Zach Taylor is reading Twitter or in Twitter spaces or listening to podcasts or anything like that, but I just have a feeling that they will put him in there. And he's not going to be a huge part of the offense, 
but it just feels like this is going to be a week that he could, and it's the high, the hype for Chris Evans would be at an all time if that happened. Um, but for some reason, I don't know, it's going to be a bizarre game, but we'll get to the previews and predictions in the next segment. Get to another question right now. Bengals bub says everyone is screaming for Frankie P's Frank Pollock's job. <laughs> Does us changing from an under center team to shotgun require the line to work a lot differently? So I think some of these, some of the blame has been kind of, all right. To me, I feel like Frank has done an okay job. I wouldn't say he's been tremendous. The only guy that's really regressed in, he has the injury too. I think people keep forgetting he dislocated his kneecap is Jonah Williams. And last night it wasn't a good game. He was having an okay season before that and was actually starting to pick it up right before he dislocated his knee, as we talked about uh, that week. I don't know. Law Collins, it seems all injury related. He just doesn't look like the same guy. And I don't think that's a coaching thing. The interior has actually played well. You know, you get a late fourth round pick and he's playing like a startable player. That's good. And you and I posted it in the preseason, but I was like, oh, he really helped his, you know, his kick slide and pass protection. Like it looks so much better now than it did in North Dakota State. And then Ted Karras and Alex Kappa are having two of the best years of their careers. So when it comes to that side of it, I think Frank's done an okay job. And even Adenji looked better in the preseason. Yeah. But yeah. he is a he is a zone guy. He he always he played for the 49ers and then he started coaching underneath Alex Gibbs, the wide zone mastermind from Denver, you know. Uh but Mike Shanahan's offensive line coach, Alex Gibbs, he coached underneath him as an assistant. And that's where he picks up all his wide zone philosophy and they just don't get the horses for it. And I know that Frank's probably pushing for Collins and he probably had a big say in everybody that came in, but they, they cared more in my opinion about the pass protection part of it. So he doesn't get the horses to run his stuff. So then I thought it was okay though, that he was able to install and get all this gap run game in there to better fit them. And it was working really well before this week. I know we have this recency with this week, the run game sucked and now the run game's terrible. And, you know, by least season long stats, it is, but there was that. I still have hope that that three week window is more so what we might see for the future where they are running this new scheme. And I think it's impressive that he's able to install that. Wouldn't say he's done a perfect job this season, but I think he's, I, to me, he's been fine. And I think, just firing him because you're mad um, that stunts offensive line development more than keeping him would. Yeah. I, I think of Frank Pollock and then I'll get to Zach Taylor and my thoughts on that, because again, anytime you lose, everybody wants someone fired and that's going to be the answer. I never think that's the answer in early part of the season, especially when you're still in this season and you're one game out of your division of first place. Uh, you don't make those kind of moves. And this team doesn't make those kind of moves. Maybe at the end of the season is something we would see when it comes to the firing of a coach, when it comes to a position coach, Zach Taylor's yeah. not going anywhere. So we'll get that out the window. But uh, with Frank Pollock alone, I agree with you. I, I was a little, I mean, of course you never want Joe Burrow to take that many hits during a game. That was terrifying. I, I didn't even want Joe Burrow out there in the fourth quarter with the way that he was going. It was like, okay, go ahead for his safety. Please put him on the bus, get him, get him out of here. Um, but at the same time, I, I was praising the offensive line a couple weeks ago. I thought, Hey, credit where it's due. They're really starting to get it going. The chemistry is starting. And 
I, I was just really surprised with all the Frank Pollock blame this week because it's out there and it's, 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 it's crazy to me. And, and hopefully it is. It's something that they keep learning. The chemistry keeps growing. But I wasn't all down on the offensive line after this week. Of course, you don't want Joe Burrow to get hit. We'll get to another question. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Der German Tiger says the Panthers prefer the Panthers prefer a four-man front and low blitz rates on third down, but still are one of the worst third down defenses in the league regarding EPA. While our third down offense is top 10, could this decide the game or is it just a random data point? Um, I don't think that'll decide the game. That feels very <laughs> specific. I think it could give them an advantage. I think it could give them an advantage. Um, but you know what that sounds like to me is the Cleveland Browns. They play a four down front. <laughs> they didn't have a very good defense and you know, all that. The Panthers have a pretty good, a, a good pass rusher too, and Brian Burns. He's a very good love spinning. He's one of the best spinners in the league with uh, going inside and out. It's very fun to watch. Probably not going to be fun to watch if he does to to the Bengals, but in general, I like guys that can spin inside and out. It just makes for a fun. He can ghost rush too. Um, yeah, I don't think it decides the game. I think it's a, a an advantage for the Bengals. It's but we need to see what is this third down offense without Jamar Chase because by my quick count, let's see. Well, they had a really good twenty six yard gain on third down, but then they had yeah yeah early on they did a. Good job on third down. Yeah, I'd say actually just looking at the data real quick, just wrote it down. <laughs> um, it looked like they did a pretty good job on third down. Just even when they were really behind the sticks, they still picked up positive yards. Um, they picked up a few third and long. So maybe this could still be good. And third down is, that's the quarterback time. Third and long, that's that's a no threat of a run game. Drop back pass, that's Quarterback, go make something happen, and Joe Burrow's good at doing that. So I think it's an advantage, um, but I would say it probably doesn't decide the game. I think the game will probably be decided a few different ways. That's an advantage for the Bengals, but can they block Brian Burns? And can they can they hand, can they hold up in the trenches? Because as much as we were praising them for all these guys stepping up in the New Orleans game, that interior defensive line against the Browns got kind of dominated, and uh, that's never what you want to see. Nothing gives me any given Sunday like this Bengals season in my entire life because it's an NFL season, right? Yeah, it doesn't matter because, you know, the thing is, a lot of people are looking at the Ravens second half of the, the schedule and saying, oh, they don't play anybody with a winning record as of this moment. I'm like, that is just not that there is something that's going to happen for them because there's no way that it's that perfect that you just ride off into the sunset. You take that AFC North division because everyone is still really close. It's not turning out to be a great division right now. Uh, in the first half of the season, but I, I think it's sometimes too good to be true for some of these teams who are off to a hot start. 
But um, I want to get to David Lytle. We actually answered a little bit of his first part of his question. So I'm going to get to the second part as I refresh my screen to see if Sidney Jones has been signed to Cincinnati, because that's what everybody wants on Twitter right now. And I think a lot of NFL teams who want another starter in their secondary. But he says, what will our defense look like without Cheeto? Oh, man. I have to assume more zone heavy, but in the NFL on third and one, third and two, that's man coverage down. So, you know, you're going to have to trust it. I, I, I think that's actually to go back to the Panthers thing. That's probably actually what's going to decide the game is if these corners can hold up against the Panthers, mainly DJ Moore, but you know, them in general, do they let Terrace Marshall get behind them for a big play? Do they let us anything else happen? They weren't good when Cheeto left. I will say that much. So I, I think that Lou will be able to pull together a decent defense, maybe even above average defense without Cheeto. It is tough, though, because that is – he overcame Reader a bit, not perfectly, but, you know, he's able to overcome it a little bit, trying to, you know, slant, spike, get all these guys to get some quick wins, to get tackles for losses instead of just playing for one-yard gains because they're better – because we because the Bengals are better than them. So – can he get something like that for the pass game? Maybe Cam Taylor Britt steps up. I thought he was fine against the Browns. He had some wins, had some losses. Can he step up? Can Eli Apple play better than he's been playing this season? And can Mike Hilton stay healthy? I know he missed practice again, so that one's a, a little bit scary. I will say that is where I would play Dax Hill if uh, not outside. He did not look good outside, but – slot i'd play up there so that that'd be an interesting if hilton misses do they put hill there but yeah that's i i don't know if it'll be pretty especially at first but i think they'll figure it out and maintain at least a solid level of play i think if lou can keep this unit afloat right now defensively because as you mentioned after the bye, they're going to reassess DJ Reader. You know, fingers are crossed, optimistic that this guy can return for the Steelers game and a slate that won't be easy in November before you get the Chiefs, before you get the Bills, before you get the Ravens again, which is absolutely a gauntlet in uh, the December and, and early January for this team, depending on where they're at at that point. Obviously, staying healthy was to their advantage last year. But if you were to tell me the top five players on this team, I would say Joe Burrow. Jamar Chase, DJ Reader, Cheeto. And when you take, and I'm just doing those guys right now, those top four, and you lose three of those guys, it's unbelievable. Um, you just had more, like I said, more of that, I wouldn't even say luck on your side. You had more of the health on your side this time last year, and that was helpful during the run. So that is very concerning for me right now. But I I truly believe Lou, if, if, he, can, if he can get it going and just keep this defense in a top 15 or just right around there um, that that guy's not even going to be here next year. He's going to be a head coach somewhere because <sighs> being without some of your top players on defense, I know it's an offensive league, but. I, so yeah, my thought on that is just, I think he's still here next year because there's two defensive coordinators that are probably in line before him and Dan Quinn and D'Amico Ryans. So do they hire three defensive coaches or do one of those guys turn down a job like Dan Quinn did last year? If I was Quinn, I wouldn't. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he could be, he could be a head coach next year, but I do think greater than 50% chance he's again in Cincinnati next year, but we'll see. Yeah. I, 
I, um, no, that's no, that's nothing to do with him. I think he's incredible. That's, yeah. that's everything to do with there's two guys that I think have had a little bit longer tenure of doing incredible things on the defensive side. Well, I want Lou to be a head coach because he too. deserves it. I don't want him to be a head coach because I want him to be in Cincinnati next year. I, I think they could add more to their defense. I want to see him with Dax Hill. Not, I want Dax Hill to get his turn when it's time for him to be on the field. But next year, what that will look like in the secondary, what Lou will do as he's working with that unit, I want him to be the defensive coordinator next year. But if he's not, I totally understand why. There's one question I want to get to, but it's more of a lengthy answer. So I'm going to move into our third segment as we do preview and prediction. We'll wrap that up. Great questions as always. We're going to throw those out on Thursdays. The mailbag, a lot of questions about this team right now, a lot of concerns and a little optimism going forward as they could go five and four into the bye week. Big home game against the Carolina Panthers. We'll talk about that next on. It's always game day in Cincinnati. 